everyone, welcome back to another episode of Don't Be So Dramatic. My name is Rachel and this is the podcast where I talk to different people in the entertainment industry to discover what their job involves and how they got there. For this week's episode, I have with me Beck Charlwood. Beck is a comedian and a podcaster. If you haven't gathered from past episodes, I love comedians. I love stand-up comedy. I think it's such a really interesting medium um, creatively. So I was super excited to talk to Beck. She also co-hosts the podcast Ladies Guide to Dude Cinema. So we chat about how that came about, how they created the podcast, what their podcast entails, all of that jazz. So this will be the last episode of 2020. What a ride we have had. Um, It's been such an amazing year and I know I say this a lot, but honestly, thank you so much for all of your support. It has just been the most amazing year for the podcast. I've interviewed people that I never ever thought I would interview and I'm just like so, so ecstatic, honestly. So thank you all for all of your support. I'll be coming back around February 2021. Um, So stay tuned for that. And without further ado, let's jump in. Beck, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Absolute pleasure to be here, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) You talk like a podcaster. (laughs) Yeah, this is my podcast. It's so weird because we were having a normal chat before and now it's on. Now now I'm like sitting upright, my cause engaged. (laughs) (laughs) Did you do your vocal warm-ups before you got here? No. Oh, I can't. I know. I would need to learn how to do vocal warm-ups. I just sing in the car. That's what mine is. That's what I that's what yeah. yeah okay cool that does count yeah uh, yeah there's uh, have you seen the video of Eminem doing his vocal warm-ups no. on Oprah no oh my god <laughs> or is it six it's one of anyway it's some interview but they're like they're wild I'm like crap I don't know how to take care of my voice oh my god okay I need to go and have a look at this video then yeah, yeah. I don't know I just like actors have all of these like tongue twisters and all that and they're like you know your voice is really important blah 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 and yes yeah. it is I completely agree but am I gonna do my vocal warm-ups like every time that I should no no so there's so much talking involved there's like, so much. I can't be warming up all the time no I've got things to do I've got people to see <laughs> so <laughs> so you are a comedian and a podcaster yes I want to let you know that stand-up comedians are actually one of if not my favorite type of creative I oh, love really? stand-up comedy yes I love comedians I love stand-up comedy so much and this is going to be the last episode of the year so I'm like this is really nice to end on a stand-up comedian oh I feel so special thank you so much I have the opposite I have no respect for comedians or comedy (laughs) I think it's one of the weakest art forms really you're just standing there talking about yourself I guess so it's the least amount of creativity the least amount of preparation and the least amount like amount of theatrical content Hmm, that's interesting. Do I stop? No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's the career that I want. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think like, um, I think with stand-up comedy, like not everyone can do it. Like you can be really shit at it. Yeah. Very easily as well. so many. Most people, in fact, are shit at it. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. And then I think... There's a lot of skill that goes into like being able to like do a set well and it's like 
I think when you kind of look at people's sets, this is me like having never done stand-up comedy talking about it as if I know everything. No, but you've seen it. Don't worry, I'll correct you if you're wrong. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, it's like the... I, the effort that goes into learning like the inflections that you need in order for the joke to land properly like that's definitely a skill Mm. and I just think like yes you are talking about um I need to cough hang on a sec (coughs) I cough all the time on this podcast because I just get really phlegmy when I talk a lot same I'm gonna get some real dry throat and I mean it's kind of happening now but that's because I've been drinking like a fish all week so we'll take cough breaks we'll take drink ba- breaks let's shoot it on those vocal warm-ups oh, damn oh my god i'm already messing it up that's okay <laughs> um what was i saying oh yeah and um like even though you're talking about yourself in a lot of your jokes like i mean there are different forms of stand-up comedy but i think um the way in which it kind of approaches really see i'm getting flammy again you're all right <coughs> Sorry, everyone. I'm not going to edit that out as well. So. <laughs> uh, um, the way it approaches like hard topics to talk about and mm. makes people kind of feel okay about laughing about certain things. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So like, yes, you are talking about yourself and like, oh, this funny thing happened to me. Or like, how funny is this in yeah. life? But still like, yeah, I think, um, yeah, comedy can be a really interesting way to mm. approach certain topics so yeah. yeah it's interesting you say that because that's a big part of what I like to bring to comedy is uh talking about definitely a lot of my flaws a lot of mistakes mm. I've made so people feel comfortable in a way yeah. it's like of course I want you to laugh at me like that's why I'm saying it but also I hope that you know one thing I talk about on stage and we're gonna jump right into it is that <laughs> I I have herpes and I'm proud of it uh no not proud of it but I like I talk about it on stage yeah because I'm like, apparently it's one in five people that have it. I'm like, well, I hope one in five people in the audience are like, I'll oh, see, she's fine with it. Like, yeah. it's not like a wow. big deal. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, and that, exactly that. Like, people in the audience are going to be like, oh, my God. Okay, well, I've been not talking about this forever. Yeah. And have been feeling really ashamed of it. Yeah. When, like, I'm, I'm guessing that it's really not your fault that you have no, it like, it's never the person's fault when you have it like it's always just like it's literally the exact same thing as having cold sores yeah the exact same thing yeah except but on downstairs. the lower half of your body yeah of the yeah upper half yeah and people don't it's the same as cold sores you get them once in like a million years and mm-hmm. it's not like constantly you've just got like a sea monster down there like it's oh my god life is normal it's fine yeah that's <laughs> so interesting and yeah like i completely agree and I always think like, and my aim with this podcast has always been like um, interviewing different creatives so that other creatives can be like, oh my God, this person is doing it this way or this person mm. experienced that and before they became successful or whatever. And so it's okay for me to be on my journey and do it this way kind of thing. I yeah. think that's really important um and we all just like talking about ourselves don't we oh absolutely the attention is a massive part of it (laughs) (laughs) for sure um what made you get into stand-up comedy initially well I I always loved performing growing up like I did ballet and stuff and like but I was never good at it I will say that I was awful ballerina (laughs) I was awful at acting awful at singing awful at like it just but I really really wanted it Mm. uh but you know, I kind of left high school and I was like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not 
creative. Like I'll just kind of, you know, find something else. And I tried, like I went to uni and did like two different degrees. Like I was a personal trainer for a little bit. And I was really? just, yeah, yeah. Very different to where I am yeah. now. But just kind of like floating between like not knowing where I belonged. And then I was dating this guy and uh, it was his dream to be a stand-up comedian. So he dragged me along to an open mic and I was like, fuck, I'll try anything once looking for a purpose. Yeah. Uh, and I did it once and literally I got off stage and I was like, I want to do this forever. This is wow. the best thing I've ever done. Awesome. How old were you when that happened? I was 20. Okay. Yeah. So still quite young, but it's yeah. just like, it's interesting um, I feel like the creative industry, a lot of people are like, when I was 10, my parents yeah. <laughs> encouraged me to do drama and I just knew that I loved performing, Yeah, <laughs> which is great and fine, but it's just interesting when people like have no idea until like their 20s or 30s and they're like, oh, this is what I like to do. Yeah, yeah, because I know I want to perform, but like it, the problem is when you love to perform and you're bad at it, it's just called attention seeking. Yeah. So I was the yeah. most annoying person to be around <laughs> and starting stand up was good because now like I have that outlet of like, I get that dose of attention that I need and it's mm. also performing too. So it's providing an art service for someone else. <laughs> and then I'm not, I don't need to go to parties and like be the center of attention and like have ever like overtake every conversation. Like it's, <laughs> it's been very good for me and also everyone around me. That's good. <laughs> Your family was like, thank God. Yeah. They're like, Oh gosh, she finally has a room of people that can, she can get it all out on them and then she can be fine at Christmas. And then you just, so silent at Christmas like I have nothing left to give and that is okay yeah I don't need to start every conversation with like a biography I'm like it's fine it'll come naturally like (laughs) yeah I like very briefly dated a comedian um this year uh he might listen to this so hello you know who you are oh my Uh, god you have to tell me who it is I will (laughs) but it was just really funny because I just always kind of felt like this is (laughs) if he does listen to this this is gonna probably irk him a little bit my mind is just churning over names right now but it was just like um I felt like some conversations were very genuine and then some stories he would tell me I could hear it was a bit yeah. like I could hear it in his inflections. And I like I, I tried not to say anything, but I could just like I could hear it. And I had seen some of his videos online, which he didn't know that I'd watched. And so I knew some of the stories already. Oh, no, and I was just like mm-hmm. he was doing old bits. That's a crime. <laughs> That's whoever you are, if you are listening to this, don't, you can do new bits. Like you can be like, oh, what do you think of this? But like, don't do old rope. Try, try new bits Bruh. out on your significant other. Don't try old bits yeah, out. Yeah, they deserve better. I know, I know. <laughs> um, so that was a very interesting month of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so when you're st- um, starting out in stand-up comedy, mm. obviously is, I I assume that it's really just about doing those open mics and then kind of getting the people in, I guess, where, where you're performing to kind of get to know you a little bit. Is yeah. that is that how it works? Is that? I would love to know exactly how it works, but okay. I don't to this day. I've had a lot of luck in my time, I would say that. But mm-hmm. so how someone explained it to me perfectly, and this is anyone who wants to start stand-up, 
this this was so useful to me so it's like you go to open mics as many open mics as you can if you freaking love it keep doing it if you are half-assed about it don't show up okay and then from there learn the difference between a setup and a punchline perfect that and then from there keep writing keep working you work your way up to a support act you be an amazing support act from there you work to be a great MC. Mm-hmm. and from there you move on to being a headliner <laughs> and you slowly move from doing things for free or often it will cost you sometimes paying for parking to get to gigs oh, yeah. to a point where you know every, and i'm at this point where i'm slowly ever gently moving into the headliner position mm-hmm. and it's like people sometimes give you an insane amount of money to talk about something and you're like this is wild yeah it's super wild when that kind of happens and you're like looking back at all the people that are kind of ah those ones that are not getting paid at all and it's like how is this like you know it's such a big difference in income it's really strange but that's how the whole creative industry works I kind of think like the large majority do not get paid and then there is a good kind of like chunk of people that do get a bit of income but it's not enough to live off and then there's the like you know 0.1% of people who are just like that's their yearly income they don't have to work doing anything else that's the dream for all of us but it's just really wild like in no other industry is it like that yeah it's like there's just a small percentage of people just like selling the lifestyle that thousands of people want and Mm -hmm. only a very very select few can have yeah yeah it's just yeah it's it's really really strange but that's that's the way it works like what are we going to do about it i don't know yeah i have no idea how you would approach that situation but um so when was like the moment that you kind of was there a moment where you went oh okay like i'm i'm starting to like make moves in this industry like oh gosh i think that still happens all the time i'm like oh um, and then I'm like, no, it goes from being like, oh, I'm going somewhere to Amelia. I'm going nowhere, nowhere. What am I doing with my life? I don't know anything. <laughs> I guess like it would have been, um, oh, specifically. So I did uh, comedy. I started in Perth. Uh, oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which is great. If the best place to start comedy is in another city that's not like Melbourne or Sydney. So you can yeah. make all of your mistakes and then come over here and people like wow they're really good for someone who's brand new and you're like little do they know (laughs) i've been fucking it up for the whole year um i started in perth my first ever gig was at lazy susan's at the brisbane uh which is now dead unfortunately um but for anyone who wanted to know that uh but when i moved to sydney uh there's a room oh no and that's dead too (laughs) called the comedy lounge there was a cafe lounge in surrey hills oh yeah that was like the shit that was the room where it's like if you got booked like uh, it meant like you were doing good things like you were doing really well and it was an amazing room on a monday night had been going for like a decade and like when you made it to like mc it's like okay you're a good mc and then when you made it headliner it's like oh okay you're now like officially across the board a headliner like yeah. this counts for something wow okay so when i got uh we did my first it was on the first gigs i ever went to in sydney and i saw Nikki Britton do a headline spot there and I was like I want to I want it that's what I want I want to do what she's doing mm-hmm. I want it that it was like she's if you don't know Nikki Britton she's such an amazing talented comedian so fiercely funny and likable 
Uh, and then it was the end of last year. I got booked to do the headline spot at the end. And I was like, I burst into tears when I got the phone oh call. My I was like, god. oh my god, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I made it in the big city. <laughs> it only took four years, but we got there. Four years is four not years. that long at all. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good to know. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, how long have I been an actor for? Um, I got out of drama school like seven years ago. So right. there you go. Back. Where did you study? Down in Wollongong. Oh, nice. Yes. So um, four years is not that long at all, although yeah. <laughs> we're doing completely different things, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. um, what was like, what is, I guess, you know, with all creatives, when you are starting out, it's that struggle of like working um I guess, part-time or full-time or casually in order to fund the creative career. And then also like starting out in a career, it's really kind of not grim, but you're just Mm. at the bottom of the barrel. And so you have to kind of pay your dues in that way. And I imagine, and with comedy as well, like people are either like laughing laughing with you or at your jokes or they're Mm -hmm. really being like unkind and like this is not funny and I just feel like like I don't think actors really experience that unless you're doing a play but even then like you'd never have a full audience of people being like you suck yeah no one's at a play being like you're a slut like it's like (laughs) I actually haven't got yet but I'm so prepared for it when it happens you haven't gotten heckled yet I'm not gonna heckle but no one's called me a slut oh okay for some reason I was like that's what they're gonna say and then they just like they'll just boo or like just talk like the main heckle that you get is people just trying to join in on the conversation Uh, like they haven't realized that you're holding a microphone and on a stage yeah and is it mostly like drunk people that do that yeah 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 Yeah. that's the issue with I guess um doing a medium where it's mostly at bars or it's at venues in which there is a bar Mm -hmm. and people are like let's go to comedy have some drinks like that'll be so much fun yeah then it puts the pressure on you where you're like this could either go really well yeah or I could have like a full audience that's all just drunk and annoyed about something in their life that they have a chip on their shoulder about and you're going to trigger that and then be like then it's just like well (laughs) yeah it's like my five years of writing and work could be stopped by five margaritas you know like it's it's bullshit imagine if someone jumped on stage and just like oh yeah that's happened it's (laughs) like because they're usually just like i want to do what you do because it's like the thing about comedy is so like it looks so easy like just yeah. standing on a stage and talking so yeah. people like get a few beers in them and they're like I can do it well, I'm not interested in what you have to say I'm gonna get up there and do it so I, I like I think it's I, I really have an affinity for audience members I don't like a lot of people like they're fucking idiots or like yeah. against them I really I really love every single audience that I perform because they're all different and they're all interesting and mm-hmm. it's like even on nights where it does get ruined by a heckler like yeah you know it's just like a different day at the office like well at least that was something different yeah you know to the usual that's true I guess <laughs> when you're saying that this is so inappropriate but like I've done that at a strip club where I've watched a stripper and been like I could do that 
we've all been at a strip club being like, I can't take my clothes off. Maybe I should just go up there right now and do it and I could get paid. Yeah. And then I, I, did, I remember I did, I did one pole dancing class and I was like, oh my God, I absolutely cannot. That's fucking crazy what oh they do. Oh my God. I watched those and then people being like, it's so much fun and a group activity to do yeah. pole dancing lessons. And I'm like, I, yeah, yeah, that I can do that. That's totally fine. But the yeah. core strength that it takes. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. I was like bruised like all on my like inner thighs and oh under my, my arms. I was like, this is, no, it's not worth it. I'm no. just going to keep doing Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, the upper classes version of pole yeah, dancing pole is Pilates. <laughs> um, oh, when, oh, but um, we're talking about screen actors. Yes. This is the thing that I think why I love comedy is because it's like, it is such an instant feedback. Like yes. I don't know how people act on screen because every time I do an audition, I get so freaked out when they don't laugh or like they're just like, yeah, oh, cool, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Like I'm like, well, no, no, where's the applause? Yeah. What, are you gonna, <laughs> what do you mean? You're just going to sit there in silence or like people have to react like they would in reality. I'm like, oh. and as well, like even with like plays and stuff, it's like it takes, you know, months mm-hmm. and months of rehearsing, you know, and then all this preparation, you go out and you're like, I hope this works. Yeah. Whereas comedy, it's like I can think of like a joke at 6 p.m. and I can be trying on stage like within an hour. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. That's it's really interesting. such a fast feedback system. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you're, when you're acting on screen, like auditions are completely different because obviously, obviously you can't be like, can I just watch that back? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Absolutely not. So you kind of have to just get in there and do it. And that's a whole other board game, uh, board game, ball game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have corrected you. <laughs> but um, like when you're actually on set, um, like often I think it's really important. And I know there's like a lot of famous actors that are like, I never watch myself on screen and we're like, oh my God, they're amazing. And they never watch themselves like, oh, but I just think for the vast majority of actors, it is really important to watch yourself. Yeah. Oh, I think those people are liars. Of course you watch yourself back on screen. I know. You're telling me someone put what, like $90 million behind this project and you're not even going to give it the time of day. Mm -hmm. How freaking rude. (laughs) I know. So it's just like I, whenever I'm filming something and like time allows, I try and be like, hey, can I just watch that take back? Mm. So you can actually see like what it is you're doing. And that is kind of where you get the feedback from. But you're right in that it's not from other people. Unless you've got the director being like, that was really good. Yeah, which never happens to me in auditions. So that's why I hate them. (laughs) I mean, the casting director... If the casting director is different to a director on set in mm. that the casting director has been through like 30 other people that day. Yeah. And so to give you the validation of like, you were really good. That was really funny. It's just like if they were doing that for all 30 people, it's exhausting. Yeah, You're true. like, it, it's kind of, I think that they want you to think that you know what you're doing and you've got your shit like down pat and you come in and do it and that's it kind of thing which is Mm. really strange and I like I completely understand where you're coming from and that you're like just tell me I'm good yeah immediately (laughs) (laughs) applause yeah (laughs) so yeah that I guess that's kind of yeah with screen acting 
a way around that is mm. to yeah be watching yourself back but yeah like I think people sometimes and do you film any of your shows like do you watch your shows back like that oh rarely I've only started filming stuff like in the last year because I get so apprehensive uh that it's it's on forever and it's like I'm very aware that I'm nowhere near my final form in Mm -hmm. comedy like I have such a huge long way to go to where I want to be and it you know I I I would hate to look back in five years time and look at something awful I did or like just like something that I'm not proud of Mm. or wasn't well thought out and see it on the internet and people think you know that's a version of me that's on there forever yeah, I guess so. It's like MySpace photo. Yeah, yeah. Where you just look back and you're like, why? <laughs> yeah, but it's like that in a public domain yeah. that like everyone can access. And like, you know, if people are looking to book me, they'll Google that and that's what they'll see. Interesting. So okay. I was like, for so long, I was like, I'm not putting anything out, but only this year. And it's been, it just sends me into a spiral of like putting stuff online because I, I get so picky and like, Mm. But now I've got, I think, three videos out. Uh, one of them was filmed at the Sydney Opera House, brag. Yes. So I was Ooh, like, well, I okay. guess I could make an exception for this. <laughs> Just in big, uh, bold, at the top, Sydney Opera House show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying to get that to be the first one that comes up when people Google. Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of other uninteresting stuff um, <laughs> that I've done <laughs> that is not impressive. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's been something I want to work on in future as well, because the interesting that's happening with stand up at the moment is like, you know, 10 years ago, it was just like stand up was a pure art form where mm-hmm. it's like all you needed to do was have like a tight hour and you could tour that all year and make a living out of it. Whereas now, because there's so many more comedians and also as well, the online aspect of comedy has blown up mm. so much. Mm-hmm. Like there's these uh, amazing hybrids of uh, internet comics and uh, great stand-ups. So like, you know, you've got like Joe Rogan, you've got like Burt Kreischer, you've got like, oh, does he do online stuff? He does some online stuff. Um, you've got like, you know, like even like Frenchie and like Neil Hacker and stuff for like some Australian examples, like they're doing like a hybrid yeah. and they are so, so successful from it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's something I think moving to the future that is going to be more and more important because eventually, you know, people will just be going to shows that they've seen online and using it as a reference. Like it would be very... Very hard, I think, to start comedy now with the idea that you are just going to make it from stand-up. I think it's important to have both of those skills. Yeah, and um, that female comedian, uh, what's her name, Catherine? Ryan? Yeah, who now has that show on Netflix, which yes, was completely written off her one of her bits. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie, part, my actor self was a bit like, oh, like that that could have been another like TV show. It is a TV show. Yeah. And like <laughs> and that's just me being a wanker. I'm going to mm. be honest. Like that like I that's an egotistical thing for me to think. Oh, of course. You know, but like But it, we all have, you have to have an ego. To, you do have, you to, have to have, have some sort of ego. You do. To be so interested in yourself, you're like this is what I want to make my career. I know. Like you have to. Anyone who's like I don't have a big ego and it's like you then you're not in the arts. What are you doing? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. But um 
it's just interesting to see like her as an example obviously like her stand-up comedy came before her on-screen presence but the Mm. reason why they I guess okayed that series was because her stand-up comedy did so well yeah and so then they go well that's almost a guarantee Mm. that the show's gonna do you know okay or reasonably well and it did do really well um but yeah it's just really interesting and it's um, I guess like all creatives at the moment are starting to have to be that kind of slashy thing where yeah. you can't just be an actor or you can't just be a director or you can't just be whatever. Um, you have to be able to adapt and do mm. other things in order to be like, well, here is my skill set and look at all the things I can do. But online comedy and what like, as you say, all of those um, people do is very interesting because again like just because you're good at stand-up comedy doesn't mean you're going to be good at skit comedy online you know um and so it'll be really interesting and I think it also um might come down to being able to find what your niche is in Mm. online comedy because you don't just have to film a skit in which it's like you and a mate and it's like a back and forth kind of scene like you know, with the rise of TikTok and whatnot, you could just do like a talk to camera and say something funny or do like an impression of something. And that is like online content as well. So yeah, there's so many interesting examples popping up at the moment. Uh, For example, a very, very new comic, but he's so funny. Will Gibb, he's blown up on TikTok recently. He does a character of like a school teacher, like who they're very very look we'll give up he's very very funny and so he's like starting to get uh even though like he's very new to stand-up he's getting fans of his from tiktok coming to shows and stuff oh wow yeah it's really interesting and then on the other scale you've got someone like uh auntie donna do you know auntie donna i think so okay these guys are amazing i think everyone if you are listening to this and you don't know who auntie donna is get on youtube get on netflix because their rise to success is crazy so these are three guys started acting school they all wanted to be like serious Shakespearean actors <laughs> and in their spare time they were just like hey let's just do some sketch comedy uh and then they ended up just doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival oh my god and like it's like just casually just casually they were like oh we'll give this a bash uh which is just it's a huge achievement like to do the Melbourne Comedy Festival is a slog so just to casually go into it and yeah. you know do pretty well is amazing but for the last like i think nearly a decade now they've been slogging away online content like uh they've done like sell out live shows they sold out like the m more theater a couple of times oh, yes <laughs> and they're amazing live performers too because they're trained actors yeah and so then but they've written like i think it was like four separate pilots for uh australian tv mm-hmm. and they just kept knocking them back because they're like you're into like you know you guys are internet comedians like you don't, like we don't have any interest in that until this fucking year, they got a deal with Netflix. Oh. <laughs> and they okay. made an amazing series on Netflix of just their sketch stuff. And it is so fucking awesome to see like a win like that for yeah. like an advancement in Australian comedy. Because for so long, it's just been like you're stand up and then you go on to like radio or you get like a show on Channel 10. Mm. And now there's this like other hybrid coming up that is just like so cool and exciting. Yeah, I think it's like also such an example of like when the timing is right for you it'll happen because I think that you know as 
as creatives when we are when we can't do our dream full time all we want is for it to happen right now and yeah. to be like i just want it to happen for me right now but i think um an interesting thing to look at is like but what if you're like what if you can be more ready and have more tools in your little creative kit yeah <laughs> and do a better job of what is to come for you in like a year or two years time like would yeah. you be willing to wait for that kind mm. of thing so i think that's always interesting and it like it also gives you a little bit of peace of mind because sometimes i know like me included you do wake up and you're just like why hasn't it happened yet like yeah. this like working and working is so tough but yeah. you know if you take on the mentality of like my time is coming and it's going to be like, it's going to work out well, like those guys, like mm. maybe that Netflix show wouldn't have worked as well if like everyone wasn't watching Netflix this year yeah. and wasn't open to something like that. So yeah, yeah just interesting. It's interesting as well. Cause like you'll, I am such an advocate for doing as much work as you possibly can and saying yes to as many things without detriment to your own mental health, of course. But like, it's so crazy how because you never know what's going to lead to like the next thing and like Mm -hmm. for example recently well not recently for the past like few years I hosted a music trivia night and I started it ages and ages ago when I was doing some demos for Triple J because I was like and then if I have a music trivia night they're gonna like notice (laughs) me and then they'll be like wow she knows everything about music let's get her on the show and then after a while like it's like that dropped off and they had no interest in me whatsoever but the music trivia night was so fun and it just it's my favorite night of the week to this day it's just like a big and I made it like my own event and like just chipping away for ages with like no expectation of leading anywhere until recently uh I got a job producing a music game show from it that just came out of nowhere oh my god yeah and it was like it would never in a million years like so many times I was like I'm gonna quit doing this I hate it like Mm. most weeks like In the time when I'm there, you know, hosting, loving it, but all the preparation and stuff, I'm like, oh my God, so boring. Why do I keep doing this? (laughs) But eventually it's like, and now it like led to something fucking massive. And I was like, that's, yeah, you, you, it's so hard to, you know, say yes to everything, but I think it's, it's so important. Yeah. I think you also can like in your gut know if like something is a, it'll be fun to do or like, you know, there are those opportunities that you get offered and you're like, oh, it's not a great opportunity, but you Mm. also are like, I don't think it's going to be good for me. And I can't like really voice why that is. Yeah. I'm just going to say no anyways. And like, so those are important to do as well. It's important to say no, but it's also important to say yes. Even when it's not like they're paying me a thousand dollars to do this. Oh yeah. It's not like rarely those opportunities Mm. that lead to other things are going to be those ones that pay a lot. Yeah. So yeah, it is. You do have to, you know, pay your dues, that sort of thing. Yeah. And you have to keep paying them to like, way later than you think oh yeah like i think like people will be like i'm five years in i've done what i need to do it's like no like you have so far to go and like you still have to keep saying yes until like i think literally until you're like sweating and crying you're like oh my god i have no space to breathe and that's where you know i think you're finally like going somewhere when you're like i'm in so much demand i never sleep i never no you gotta sleep and eat it's important yeah (laughs) 
I got myself into a little mental spiral there. I was like, where am I going with this? <laughs> no, this isn't what I believe in, but I got to keep talking. <laughs> just keep saying <laughs> Just keep things. saying things until it sounds like something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm interested when... Um, when you started your podcast, which mm. is a podcast where you review films that is it that guys have told you to watch? Yes. Okay, cool. When you so um, like you said, you kind of get nervous putting stuff out online because you know it's not going to be the most amazing thing mm. that you're ever going to do in your life. Did you feel that way when you started the podcast? Yes, very okay. much so. Uh, it was the first, like, I think three months we were so anxious. Like every episode we put out was like edited so precisely. And we're like, we got to get it down to like, you know, 45 minutes on the dot. We're going to be consistent as hell. And like, we do like edits and send them back and forth to each other and like do Mm -hmm. more edits. And then after a while, you kind of realize that like, you the people who are listening are your fans and they're not, if they don't like it, they don't listen. So you do have a lot more freedom in that to kind of say what you want and not be so stressed yes which is really awesome yeah and I think people are more forgiving than we think yeah especially with like audio and podcasting and stuff especially this year as well yeah yeah you know before this year I was like I'll never do a Skype interview or a zoom call the quality is just terrible yeah and then this year hit and I was like it's so amazing that I can record over yeah zoom. <laughs> yeah so it's just like and no one cares as long as the content is good and it's not like delayed every single sentence you know yeah. it's just it is what it is and mm. you're like here is the thing that I did take it or leave it yeah kind of thing so I want to, I can't um, remember exactly, so I just need to look at my phone, Mm. but I read the funniest review on your podcast. And honestly, I just mentioned you have, (laughs) you have plenty of like um, five star reviews. So this is just like the one. Oh, if we get a bad one, it's always a banger. Like they're always hilarious. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait to see which one you've picked. Oh my God. Well, it just says it's two stars. So it's not even one star. You got oh, two stars, okay. which is pretty good. And the name is Hulk Bogan. Okay. And it just says hot, <laughs> not one for anyone who actually loves film and film history. And to me, I'm like, <laughs> did you not read what the podcast was about yeah, like did you read not the read bio. the bio and like the the name of the podcast is hang on the ladies guide to dude cinema yeah so to me and with a name like hulk bogan mm, i mean you're not our target audience you, yeah do you really think that this was like aimed at you that's so funny <laughs> it's because like, we when we first started we thought that uh we're like we're breaking ground we're gonna make people so angry with our opinions we're gonna turn it up in here and, but it's like it's a comedy podcast it's mm-hmm. just meant to make people laugh so we yeah. forgot about that yeah <laughs> but like the there was a couple people at the start that like didn't quite get it but like 90 percent of our feedback is like so lovely and it's like most of our listenership interestingly is men who are like i love movies and it's so good to hear like a different perspective on it that's yes not my own opinion being like yelled back at me well yeah like I don't want to be sexist in saying this but I and mind you I have been on a movie podcast in which those two guys um are super lovely it's called uh, 
classic movie banter. Yeah. Go mm. and listen to that. I was on one of their episodes and they are not like this at all. So they're yeah. the outlier. However, I think that men tend to um, think sometimes, and if they're confident men as well, they have that um, idea that what they're saying about a film is like, groundbreaking and yeah. just like really like they think they're the joe rogan of yeah like film podcasts and it's like and i imagine coming from like a female perspective and again don't want to be sexist but you know men and women do things in different ways yeah. and so yeah that would be so interesting to have a female's perspective and to hear that because it would be vastly different to what mm. they're used to hearing i imagine yeah and it's so interesting because movies are so male skewed and like that's mm. not like you know it's just how things have been uh for a very very long time so don't get upset if you're like well, I, I can't help but that all the movies i like are dude based it's like it's not your fault but we gotta make a better effort for the future but so dudes will often see a very different story in a movie to what women see like yeah. some of the movies that people have recommend like forced a woman to watch on a date are so inappropriate for example like a clockwork orange like <laughs> which is like i get it it's like one of the you know most iconic pieces of cinema of all time well but it's very very violent and there's also like quite a bit of sexual assault in it too like and it's like if you're sitting down you know with a date it's like you're not being like look at how great i am at cinema it's like this is what i'm into and it's freaking terrifying yeah. and they just haven't seen that so yeah. a lot of us you know watching the movies is seeing things through a female's eyes and be like you know you just haven't seen it this way and it's important that we talk about it so you know what's created in the next generation isn't you know not necessarily not having men involved in it that would be awful but just having a more balanced story and perspective that everyone can get on board with yeah, well, I think that's also why diversity is a really hot topic at the moment, especially in mm. casting and film. It's because, and it's not because, it's not anything to do with white people. Mm. Well, it is, but it isn't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> you know, it's because like for, like since cinema started, we have had white person after white person after yeah. white person in certain roles and people go, I want to see something different, like mix mm. it up for me. Yeah. And also like we have like <laughs> a really big number of people on this earth who are not white. Yeah, and most so, of them in fact are not white. Yes. <laughs> most of them. Yes. So they want to see like a story that they actually go, oh my God, I relate to that. And that's not to say that they can't relate to someone that's not the same race as them. Mm. But it's just like, and we're not saying that a white person can never play a male main role ever again in cinema. Yeah, no. It's just that we've like, it's just if you ate chocolate ice cream for years and years and years, and then one day you're like... I just want to have some strawberry. Yeah. How nice would that be? <laughs> yeah. It's just good to change things up. And like, mm -hmm. it, it's, I think it, the hard thing that's happening at the moment is that like, uh, cause I'm seeing a lot of this in comedy is that straight white men feel like they're being like pushed out mm. and that it's like, well, we don't want you anymore. And it's, it's not that it's that we just, you know, we've got to level out the space and put some other people in here. And it's like, 
you know, like it's, it's more of a thing of like, there's a place for you. It's just a little bit smaller. Like you've got to share the bus seat. You You don't get the whole bus to yourself anymore. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. You had all of the space before. Mm. So don't kick and scream when you have to move over a little bit. Yeah. But I get it. And like, I understand when, you know, specifically white men are a bit scared at the moment because they just feel like every time they breathe people are like how dare you yeah Um. yeah and it's so hard because it's like it I'm not a white man I don't know what it's like are you not no I know sorry big shock Uh, (laughs) I'm a white lady which you can probably hear in my voice though so I'm halfway there uh but I think it, it the hard thing is it does feel personal when it's absolutely not you know when it's like it's the same on the other end. It's like back in the day when, you know, comedy was just like people being like, my stupid wife, these <laughs> dumbass women. It's like it feels personal and it hurts and it's not. It's about, you know, this person's perspective that they've lived in their very small life. Mm. Like, and it's a thing of like removing yourself from that and seeing the bigger picture. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, but yeah, it's just hard. It's a hard it's hard to I guess um, navigate because it's something that is very recently happening Mm. you know in what the last 10 years maybe this is all kind of come to a head which it needed to for sure and I think with anything in life the pendulum has to swing so far the other way so it can come back to the middle because the pendulum was the other way for so long so it'll just be very interesting to see yeah what happens with all of this because I mean you know and I I definitely think diversity and stuff like that is it like it it has to be that way I don't see it being the other way that it was ever again but I think it's the hard something that helps me sleep at night is uh (laughs) (laughs) is remembering that it's like these changes are happening and they're they're happening you know, quite quickly. And we're, we're seeing the results in real time in this like generation, which mm. is so cool. But to get to where, you know, we're going to, I mean, it's never going to end. We're always going to be progressing. It's like, it's going to take time. Like, and you know, all these changes that we're implementing now, like of like, you know, like raising girls and boys, not with like such gendered ideas of, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. identity and stuff. It's like, it's not going to happen overnight. These people need to grow up and we need to see where they end up and how that change impacts. And then from there we reassess over and over again and we keep changing. Yeah. So I keep, you know, (laughs) if I can have a a day where I unfortunately read too many articles and send my head into (laughs) a spin, I'm just like, it's okay. We're getting there. And we will get closer to where we need to be eventually. And it doesn't have to happen tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. But I truly believe as a society, we are heading in the right direction. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Mm. Um, I just remembered that I was going to ask you off the podcast where you met Alex, your co-host. And then I've completely forgotten to bring it up the whole time. (laughs) We had like uh, a very beautiful little friendship romance of uh, she followed me on Twitter uh, when I was doing comedy in Perth. Okay. Yeah, because she's, she's very switched on. Uh, and uh, so we kind of like liked each other's tweets, then moved over to Sydney. We did a couple of gigs together, and then we started like hanging out, and we were just immediately just such a beautiful friendship. She is without a doubt one of the best people I've ever met in the whole world. And uh, not only is she 
an amazing, amazing co-host. She's mm. also a, such a beautiful friend. I got so damn lucky with Alex J. Aww. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> Would any of my friends say that about yeah. me? <laughs> I'm sure they would. Oh, but, so how we uh, so we met that way, and yeah. then after you know we'd love to have a wine and a cheese board. Is when we were she was dating a guy who wanted her to watch Lord of the Rings, and she was like, I don't want to watch it, but I feel I have to. And then we got into the conversation of like, why should you have to? Why is this you know a, like a deal breaker for this man that you have to watch a stupid ass movie about made up creatures? For his approval, like this is bullshit. And we got talking like how this is something that's happened over and over again. And then the podcast blossomed out of that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Did she watch the film? We watched it for the podcast. Okay, which so was... she didn't watch it with him. No, no, no. They stopped seeing each other shortly after that, which was good because I was like, yeah. you shouldn't be seeing someone that, you know, holds <laughs> such strange opinions about media and how it defines a person. <laughs> I think it's, well, it's interesting. I don't know if women do this to men because I can only speak from my perspective of dating men. Yeah. But <laughs> I think that's such a, a male thing to do is like, oh, you haven't seen this. Actually, no. I think females do this. Let's just inclusively yeah, say, why yeah. do people do this? Why do people say like, oh, you haven't seen this film? Well, we have to watch it because it's my favorite film. It's like you're trying to imprint your personality in yeah, imprint mm. your personality onto that person and change them yeah. almost. When like, and yes, they might watch it and be like, actually, that was really good. But like, why is it such a thing? Yeah, I feel like everyone, you know, does shame other people into watching movies. And like, definitely it's a whole, like across the board gender thing. Um, but I just remembered that I've done it to someone <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, backpedal, Rachel. <laughs> but specifically, and we definitely, we get uh, requests from our male listeners to be like, oh, my God, girls make me watch these movies all yeah, the time. Yeah. And it's bullshit. But the main incidents we're talking about is when, like, and I, I, I've only ever had this happen once from a woman, but so many other times, dude, is when you say, you're like, oh, no, I haven't seen it. And usually the conversation moves on from there. But every now and then you get stuck in this one where it's like, oh, wow. Well, it's so important to watch because it's, you know, also a Cold War text and it's really – and then they, they kind of end up just trapping you in a corner <laughs> explaining care. this movie that you have no, no interest in seeing <laughs> ever. Yeah, no, I get that. And with like – well, that happens with classics as well. Like, but it's yeah. a classic. Oh, I've not God, watched that... The Matrix, so – no need. No um, need. It's it's fine. This is the thing is like you don't – your life will be totally fine. If you never watch any movies ever, you will have a fine and beautiful life. <laughs> I guess we'll I just be. feel that way now because we've nearly watched 100 of them. I'm like, oh, I think my life will be better without watching them. Yeah, yeah. You're like, <laughs> enough is enough. I don't have to watch anymore. Yeah, the odd but 300 hours of my life I've lost to watching these movies. Oh, Jesus Christ. But also gained because it's a beautiful experience and I, lo- I love the shit out of the podcast if any listeners are listening i love the shit out of it it's just watching the movie part that is really draining sometimes (laughs) (laughs) oh my god do you make notes when you're watching it or oh yeah okay it's gone to a point now where uh because i don't watch a lot of tv or movies outside of the podcast Mm -hmm. except for like 30 rock while i fall asleep (gasps) oh my god i love it's my 30 rock is my favorite tv show it's the best i have a very cool story to tell you off mic about that okay um but 
So, uh, yeah, other than that, I don't watch a lot of TV. It's only these movies. So now whenever I do watch a movie outside of the podcast, when I sit down, I immediately pull out my laptop out of <laughs> out of habit. I'm like, oh, no, I'm just meant to be enjoying myself. I totally <laughs> forgot <laughs> that this isn't for the podcast. Oh. <laughs> you made notes and you come in and she's like, where? What? That was, no. That's not the movie. No. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, well, look, we've been going for a while, so we can probably wrap up soon. Do you oh have goodness. any shows coming out in the near future um, oh. planned or anything um, besides the podcast, obviously, because that yeah. is an ongoing Ongoing thing. every single week. The ladies yeah. got to do cinema. Check yeah. it out. Subscribe wherever you are. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I oh, the new year is very exciting and scary. Um I guess all I've got locked in. What date will this come out? Um, well, it will be... What's the date today? So the 10th, so probably like the 17th-ish? 18th? 18th. Oh, well... Uh, 19th. The 18th. only I don't know. I, well, the only gig I have left for the year is... Uh, remember that little comedy room I talked about? The Comedy Lounge yes. that unfortunately died at the start of COVID. Um, but it is resurfacing uh, at the dock in Redfern on the 20th. 1st of December I'll be there doing a spot amazing and then otherwise you can catch me at my music trivia night which I love so much uh, that is every Wednesday night at Public House Petition book in advance because it does book out yay <laughs> oh, and you can find me on Instagram at Beck loves food as well just B-E-C loves food I did when I was looking at your Instagram because I just, you know, um, I was like, is this the right person? Because the handle is just Beck Loves Food. It's an, I had it from when I was a personal trainer uh, and I uh, post about my food all the time. Uh, I just haven't changed it because it, it's that point where we go, Beck Loves Food. I'm like, uh, you remember that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will remember that. So there you go. Well, Beck, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today and in person. I love doing these in-person ones now. It's so nice. It's so nice. It's so much. The Zoom ones are good, but in person it's yeah, so much better. It is, it is, for sure. Well, I will link everything below that Beck has just talked about. But, um, yeah, thanks for being on and we will talk to you soon. My pleasure, Rachel. Bye, everyone.